Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
They tell you that you're too small to make a difference. They tell you that you're too weak to go the distance. But take the first step and you'll see that you can go far. They tell you that you're too lost to be inspired. They tell you that you're too short to reach up higher. But they're not feeling the passion that lives in your heart. Oh, just trust in yourself and show them who you really are. Oh, change the world, change the world. Oh, change.
Yeah. 
Yeah. 
Sir, the plans have been completed for the attack tomorrow morning exactly as you ordered. That's good, Major. Now, what time do we jump off? The attack is scheduled for 6.45, 7 o'clock in that neighborhood. <laughs> good, good. I'm going to schedule the paratroopers in to meet the ground troops at the objective. The juncture of infantry and paratroops will be made Wednesday, 0900, Thursday the latest. <laughs> Major, you've done it again. There's only one thing, General. We've got to close off that gap on the left flank. Well, there's only one man to run that operation. General Finkelstein. Right, sir. Get me General Finkelstein. Eastern Sector Command, Post 6, immediately. Right, sir. I'm calling for the Chief of Staff. This is a top priority call. Get me General Finkelstein, Eastern Second Command, Post 6 immediately. Please deposit another 20 cents. <laughs> Operator, hurry. This is top priority. Don't get excited. I'll get you General Finkelstein. But first, I have to know one thing. What is it? Did you want General Finkelstein the furrier or General <laughs> Finkelstein the jeweler? <laughs> J.M. in the A.M., Thursday morning during this month of Adar. Welcome to a Thursday, everybody. February the 21st, the 16th of Adar 1. 33 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high temperature of 52. We had a little bit of a storm situation here in New York yesterday. Uh, some of you are probably aware of the fact that we had a uh, about an inch of snow or so in Manhattan, probably more in other areas around here. Uh, today, partly cloudy and a high of 52. No complaints. That should take care of the snow, I guess. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 35. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high temperature, 46 degrees. You shall I'm right now at 53. We're at 33 here in New York City as we say uh, good morning here at JM in the AM. Well, don't forget tomorrow is Friday. And I uh, say it like that because... Um, Usually, or, or, or better yet, it's very unusual that there is an important sporting event in the Jewish world on a Friday. Very unusual. Tomorrow is the exception. For the first time since last March, since that Friday in York, Pennsylvania, the Yeshiva University men's basketball team is playing a Friday game. And uh, the game is um, at Yeshiva University. You're all invited. It starts at uh, 12 noon. It is the Skyline Conference semifinal. And the Yeshiva University Maccabees, who uh, sport an 18-7 and record, which is pretty amazing, and a 16-4 and conference record, they are going to go up against the winner of today's 1 o'clock game. There's a game taking place today between Mount St. Mary and Old Westbury. That game is taking place today, and at about 3 p.m., we will know who Yeshiva plays tomorrow. 
But that game is at Yeshiva University. It starts at 12 noon. I hope everybody's going to have an opportunity to come on out, even on an Erev Shabbos, to uh, really pay tribute to a team that has made us very proud on and off the court this year, has done this so well. And it would really be amazing if everybody came out and showed support. So do your best, everyone. Do your best. Uh, the rabbi down in Atlanta says, Good morning from rainy Atlanta. Go Max. Huh. We're trying to help somebody who's in Atlanta right now. I wonder if the rabbi or somebody else down there can get in touch with us somehow. Hmm. Thoughts going through my mind. 25 minutes before 7 o'clock on this JM name Thursday. You know what Thursday means. It means a full schedule here at the Nachum Siegel Network. We will speak with Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz in studio. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, the New York City public advocacy candidate, Councilman Eric Ulrich, is going to call in. We'll speak with him in the 8 o'clock hour. Charlie Harari, Michael Fragan, Allison Josephs, Miriam L. Wallach with guests Rabbi Larry Rothwax. They'll speak about renewal. Um, Rabbi Rothwax himself, a kidney donor. Uh, all that coming up between now and 11 a.m. At 11 a.m., we'll do a live lunch from our New York City studios. And then, of course, Throwback Thursday, JM Rewind, which this week features that Shlomo Katz interview, which is so well worth listening to and listening to again. And then at 7 p.m. tonight, the Erev Shabbos show with the Mark Zamek, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. I believe Mark is concentrating on Lachad Odi this week, if I'm not mistaken. So those of you who've been enjoying the the theme, uh, the theme era of Shabbat shows, you're going to love tonight's era of Shabbat show with Mark Zomik. Again, it's 7 p.m. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Thursday morning broadcast. This is JM in the AM with Ellie Marcus. <laughs> Okay, Oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. with R.J. 2. Uh, that's R.J. 2 with um, Rachem. Todah done by Benny Friedman. You heard Avremo with Kapara. Tfilat Hashla, that's Yaakov Shweki. Ellie Marcus at Yishtabach to open up that set. And this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. News from Israel coming up. That's Galay Tzal in the background by Yaakov Horowitz is going to join us coming up in the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Eric Ulrich running for public advocate. He'll be with us in the 8 o'clock hour. Today's the day that Israel becomes the fourth country to land on the moon. Tonight, uh, late Thursday night, the lunar spacecraft Bereshit launches in the coast of Cape Canaveral in a mission that, if successful, will place the Jewish state in an exclusive club of nations capable of landing on the lunar surface. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday's next. Boker Tov from JMNAM. Galitzal, Mirushalayim, Hashash Time. Kanehut Graf, in Mashekoreachshav. בעקבות האיחוד במפלגות המרכז, במפלגת העבודה ממשיכים לבחון אפשרות לאיחוד עם מרץ. כתבתנו מיכל צ'ין. בתום ישיבה בין חברי סיעת העבודה ויושב ראש המפלגה אבי גבאי הוחלט על בחינת כל האפשרויות על מנת להבטיח מהפך שלטוני, כך פרסמו היום בעבודה. מקום שלוש במפלגה איציק שמולי נשלח לנהל את המסע ומתן מטעם המפלגה, ובכירים בסיעה, ביניהם גם יושבת ראש האופוזיציה שלי יחימוביץ', קוראים להם מימוש האיחוד, אך רבים מסרבים לזוז ממקומם ברשימת העבודה, על מנת לפנות מקום לחברי הכנסת ממרץ. בני גנץ ויאיר לפיד, שהודיעו על הקמת רשימה משותפת, יכנסו הערב מסיבת עיתונאים, בה יכריזו על הרכב מפלגתם. ראש הממשלה לשעבר אהוד אולמרט קרא לשניים להבהיר את עמדותיהם בתחום המדיני. עינב קרנר, כתבתנו, שמעה אותו. המאבק בבחירות האלה איננו בין שמאל לימין, איננו בעד מי שדואג לביטחון ישראל ומי שמפקיר את ביטחון ישראל. כולם אוהבים את מדינת ישראל, כולם אוהבים את ביטחון ישראל. הניסיון לייצר מין חלוקה כזאת הוא ניסיון מזויף, פלגני, שרוצה לפגוע בתשתית הערכית הבסיסית. שמלכדת את מדינת אזרחיהם מעבר למחלוקות הפוליטיות. בעוד שעתיים יתחדש הליך הגשת הרשימות בבחירות לכנסת. מוריה אסרף, כתבתנו, מעדכנת על המפלגות שטרם הגישו רשימה סופית. בשעה ארבע בדיוק תחל הגשת הרשימות בין המפלגות הגדולות שעדיין לא הגישו את רשימותיהן. חוסן ישראל ויש עתיד המאוחדות, מרץ העבודה, כולנו, ש"ס, מפלגות הימין הקטנות והליכוד. ההליך ייגמר בשעה עשר בערב, החל בשעה הזו לא ניתן יהיה יותר להגיש עוד רשימות לכנסת העשרים ואחת. 
ראש הממשלה נתניהו שוחח בטלפון עם נשיא רוסיה פוטין. השניים סיכמו לקיים פגישת עבודה במוסקבה בזמן הקרוב. כתבתנו המדינית טל זרביב מוסרת כי נתניהו אמור היה להיפגש עם פוטין בקרמלין היום, אך דחה את נסיעתו בשל ההתפתחויות הפוליטיות בארץ. תושב אשדוד, בן 37, מואשם בביצוע עבירות מין בעובדת זרה. כתבנו בדרום, רמי שני. עובדת זרה שהועסקה בבניין המגורים בו מתגורר האיש, עוררה את יצריו, הוא סחט ממנה תשומת לב בבקשה לסייע לו להפעיל את מכונת הכביסה שלו, אז תקף אותה וביצע בה עבירות מין חמורות. האיש מכחיש את החשדות המיוחסים לו, אך לטענת המשטרה, בידי הראיות לפיהן ניתן להרשיע אותו. לצד כתב האישום תבקש פרקליטות מחוז הדרום להאריך את מעצרו עד לתום ההליכים המשפטיים כלפיו. מחאת רשת נגד עיתון הארץ בעקבות פרסום מודעה נגד משפחות חד-מיניות. כתבנו אליאב בטיטו. במודעה של תנועת חזון היוצאת נגד משפחות הקהילה הגאה נכתב אבא ואימא שווה משפחה. בתגובה למודעה, מול העיתון עמוס שוקן צייץ בטוויטר, המודעה פורסמה בטעות, ולא נפרסם אותה או שכמותה בעתיד. מדובר בעמדה גזענית שאסור לתת לה מקום. כעת דורשים בארגוני הקהילה כי הרווחים מהמודעה יועברו לתרומה וכי תפורסם מודעת התנצלות בעיתון. תחזית מזג האוויר לסיום, גשם מקומי בצפון ובמרכז. מחר יהיה דומה, ובשבת צפויה עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת ענבל אלבז.
בבוקר על האור, על עצם היותי, מודה אני הלכת שנחת לשולחני, שלא אהיה רעב, שלא אדע כאב. על אינספור חיוכיי, מודה אני, על כל כישרונותיי. ועל כל שיריי את כולה מקדיש לך, דע לך, דע לך, אבא שמודה אני לך.
נתתי אליך אקראיה, אליך אקראיה. J.M. in the A.M. Omer Adam and company with that amazing Moda Ani on a Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Before that, you heard the Eitan Freilich Ivdu Manaseh. Yeah, we're saying Tachlun again after a few days without it. Uh, that's Yoni Z and Simcha Liner opened up the hour with Naaseh. That's off of the uh, Liner Live in Odessa collection here at JM in the AM. 21 minutes after uh, 7 o'clock. Don't forget, tomorrow's the big day for Yeshiva University basketball. It is rare that they play a game on a Friday, but tomorrow being the semifinals of the Skyline Conference Championship, we'll be up at YU tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern time for the big game against the uh, winner of uh, Mount St. Mary and Old Westbury that takes place today at 1 p.m. And I hope everybody will come out. The team, as I've been describing for the last many, many years, but specifically this team over the last year or two, has been representing the Jewish people extremely well, both on and off the court. And uh, they need our support, and uh, we have a uh, an opportunity to support them tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time. If you're off on Friday, that's perfect. I'm not encouraging anybody to, uh, <laughs> to take off or to encourage their children to take off, but if they happen to do so with this in mind, I don't know if it would be the worst thing. <laughs> and let's not spread that around in my name. Later today, Israel heads to the moon. Breshit will make Israel the fourth country to um, land a uh, space capsule on the moon. Uh, They'll follow, of course, the U.S., the former USSR and China, the first space capsule to land on the moon due to a private initiative. That's what's going to happen later today. Late Thursday night as a lunar spacecraft brace sheath launches from the coast of Cape Canaveral in a mission that, if successful, will place the Jewish state in this exclusive club of nations capable of landing on the lunar surface. It will happen at 3.45 a.m. Israel time Friday from Florida aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. And after detaching from the launcher, it will orbit the Earth for two months before landing on the moon around April the 11th. The landing sequence is set to take around 15 minutes, which will be monitored by a joint group of scientists and engineers from ISA, the Weizmann Institute, and NASA. Now, I am fully confident, and I've asked somebody to look into this, that an item uh, from JM and the AM is going to be on that um, on that rocket to the moon. I say that because about 18 months ago, we were approached by somebody involved in the project, and they said to us that if we give them something that represents our uh, uh, our broadcast. I think it was a bumper sticker we ended up giving them. Uh, it'll be pl- placed among the items that are being taken to the moon. So I have somebody looking in to see if there's, in fact, an inventory list of what is being um, <laughs> sent to the moon later tonight by the Israelis on the Brashit rocket. If we do get confirmation, I guarantee you, uh, we will give that uh, information to you here at JM and the AM. Also, uh, Jake Novak's going to be down Covering the um, the liftoff, we will hopefully speak with him tomorrow morning from Florida right here at JM in the AM. So lots going on to the moon and back. And, of course, Yeshiva University basketball. You have one miracle after the next that we keep following for you here at the Nahum Siegel Network. 24 minutes after the hour, Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz is going to join us about 10 minutes from now on a variety of topics as uh, only he is capable of addressing. He'll be with us live in studio. Make sure to keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Across the cities, hands across the seas, heartbeats together. It's the sound of unity. We're linked in a chain to change the world. When you feel the strength, you spread the word. We're linked in a chain to change the world. When we get together, our voices
with uh, Avramo that's Avram Freed eighth day before that with Hakel Rabbi David Goldwasser's words Zechonishmas Arav Zebenbis of Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basrabis of Alevi here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk in great joy and happiness they run to do the will of Hashem as soon as he commands it they don't even delay a single moment. In Brochus we learn, Michael Ba'achas, Gabriel Bishtayim, the angel Michael can leap across the world in a single bound. Gabriel Bishtayim, Gabriel takes two. Elio Anovi Ba'arba, Elio Anovi can leap across in four. The interesting idea is that this is some bit of esoteric information. It's really not something that we need to know. So the Chavetz Chaim asks, why are we told this? He points out that the Talmud is actually making a very profound point. Malachim, don't act in vain. The Talmud explains that when a Malach leaps through this world, he's on his way to perform a task. Each Malach performs his duties with all the strengths that he has. Although Elio Novi could certainly leap across the world in six or in eight bounds, he does so in four. The reason is, is because he's able to. If he were to take longer than necessary, he would be delaying his mission. Therefore, he does so in four bounds, not to delay even a single moment. Each person goes according to their own ability. The Bnei says that an individual is obligated to be mishtado with all that they have, to go bizrizos with zeal and enthusiasm. We have a proof from Michoel. He did his shlichus, he did his mission in one bound, Gavriel with two. People sometimes go quickly and sometimes slower. Malochim do all that is within their power because that's their desire. We too have the power to be great, have the power to accomplish all that Hashem put us here for in this world. 
All an individual has to do is to believe in themselves and to utilize that great potential that lies within each and every one of us. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. on a Thursday. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. I'm smiling because I think Rabbi Goldwasser's final statement in that morning chizuk is a perfect lead-up to our next guest. It has been a long time, unfortunately, uh, since we've had Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz in studio, but fortunately he is here this morning. Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz is founding dean of Yeshiva Darche Noam of Muncie, New York. He is an innovative educator, author, and child safety advocate. He published child safety books that are in 70,000-plus homes, because I think at this point it's already over 100,000, in three languages, as well as beginner Gemara and Chumash workbooks. Rabbi Horowitz conducts child abuse prevention and parenting workshops in Jewish communities around the world, received the prestigious 2008 Covenant Award in recognition of his contribution to Jewish education. Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz, welcome to JM in the AM. Oh, Nachum, it's a pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me. Been a long time. Yes, yes, 10 years. Um, I thought of you, um, as I said to you when we saw each other in person, for a variety of reasons. Every time, a, unfortunately, every time I hear about a high-profile child abuse case in our community, I think of you. Every time I see a struggling student in elementary school who cannot make uh, heads or tails of what Aramaic is all about, I think of you. And frankly... When I spoke earlier this week on the air to Miriam Schwab, I thought of you because Miriam Schwab is a woman who was offered, uh, she heads a very prominent um, a company in Israel. She wears a head covering, a very appropriate head covering on a regular basis. She is noticeably orthodox, let's put it that way. And when asked uh, by a major publication to uh, do a profile on her, she said that uh, she asked if they plan on publishing a picture of her, and they said no, so she turned it down. She did say uh, to me uh, during the conversation that if it would be a publication that would publish no pictures of anybody, she would have agreed. And when they did say they would compromise with her and have a sketch of her as opposed to a real photo, she said if you're going sketch, to sketch the guys, right, you're going to sketch the men, I will do it, but if not, then et cetera. We spoke with her. It was a very interesting conversation. Some people accused us of being divisive. I don't know about it being divided so, and so on. <laughs> what <right>? else is known? <laughs> exactly. And the reason I thought of you when she was on is because, and in fact I quoted you, um, you had given us a couple of unique perspectives when I saw you about this whole issue. One of them, which she really enjoyed, was um, uh, was the perspective of, you know, what what do you think of us as men if you think we can't handle, you know, pictures of properly dressed, you know, headshots of women in our community. That's number one. And the second thing, the second point that you had made to us was that if if we are not going to give our daughters uh, role models, oh, proper see. role models to view, to see, and to you know internalize based on those photos, then the only photos they will be seeing will be, you know, pe- people who are who are who are likely not involved in what our community likes people to be involved yeah. with. See, that wasn't controversial the way you said that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was very PC. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's. I, I think that this move over the past twenty-five years, I, I don't think it's it's. Uh, I don't think it's a step forward. I, I, and I, and you know, look, you know, thank God, Nachum, you and I, were cut from the same cloth. We speak our minds. People agree. People disagree. That's okay. Um, but 
you know, I, I, I do feel very strongly that, that on so many levels, this is, this is very problematic, including, uh, which you didn't mention, I, I put on my Facebook page a few, uh, when, about a year ago, two years ago, um, I wrote eight different reasons why I think this is very hard, this is really not a good idea. And one of them is, like, what message are we giving to our daughters? Um, we have a 10-year-old granddaughter. Um, she has a Chumash party. She has an event in her school. She's starting a new whatever. Um, they have an event. The boys' school has an event. Why is her brother's uh, event worthy of um, publishing? Publishing, yeah. You know, if it didn't, you didn't. If it's not there, it didn't happen, right? right? So, I mean, well, it's just on so many levels. And I think what she did, I, 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 I commend her for her stand. Um, you know, when, when I was on, on Miriam's show, I, I mentioned about our own dinner. When right. I, we had our yeshiva dinner, um, I, I only made one condition with the board, and that was that every publication, it's not going to say Rabbi and Mrs., it's going to say Rabbi Yaakov and Odi Horowitz. And uh, we did this on our wedding invitations. I didn't do the Reyasa thing. Right. Um, she's my wife. She's my best friend and my partner, and we do things together. And I said that there, there, I wanted... It has to be a picture of my wife and I together. And when they said that some publications won't run the ads, I said, then we just won't run the ads. I said, uh, I'm sorry. And I, I, I made no other conditions. Right. And they followed through with that Le- look, to whatever degree they right, could. Right. You know, most, most what happens is usually the moderates roll over. Right. And the extremists are extreme. Right. The moderates are moderate in their positions. Right. And they're moderate in the way they advocate for those positions. Right. Extremists are extremists in positions and are extremists about speaking up. Right. So m- most people, you and I, um, you know, we're wired differently. Right. But most people, yeah, you don't picture, no picture, whatever. Right. But the question is, are, I mean, is, is this a battle worth fighting? It, it seems that very often, if not always, because of what you just described, the, the way the extreme people deal with these things, it seems like we always end up losing these things. Is losing the wrong word? Well, yeah, well, it's not. It's not. It's not a question of losing. What happens is when 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 people in the middle are silent, and, and it, it's not a. I don't look at it like it's a battle. It's not a battle. The world's not going to come to an end. It didn't come to an end without the pictures being there. But I think we should. I think we should um, speak up, speak right. up, and express our opinions. There's nothing. It's healthy to have disagreements respectfully. I think that that's another part of it. Right. And also, I mean, and, and we'll move on to other topics in a minute, but there, you know, there's the whole, we understand, everybody listening understand, even those who don't observe, understand the importance of adhering to to halachic Judaism. Everyone understands the importance, of, no matter what, to whatever degree we do, in fact, adhere. But when things are introduced that are not part of halachic Judaism, where, where, where if we gathered 30 rabbis, and you could choose 15 and I could choose 15 and brought them into this room and asked them, does anybody feel that a picture of Miriam Schwab, her headshot, you know, with her head covering in a business section of a magazine is a halachic problem? I, I would I would assume all 30, if they were being honest, would. I I couldn't think of any who would say that. It's, right. Uh, that I couldn't think of a single one who would say. It's so when problem. we start to drift into areas that are not halachic and and. And do and do these things with again the result very often, which we don't see right away. You know, being that we believe that you know our daughters or the daughters of the community are—I don't want to use the word suffering—but you know, 
that there that that there's a statement being made to them and about them. It's it, it's it's even more troubling. If it was yeah. a halachic issue, it would right. be and, easier and, to deal with. Correct, and and it, it's more than that. When you know, I was an eighth grade rabbi for fifteen years, and I ran my yeshiva for over twenty. Um, during that time, I was always careful with my students to specify this is a halacha, a, a, a Jewish law. Right. This is a minig. This is a custom. This is common practice. And this is whatever. Like, right. I always had these four categories. So <laughs> The know, last one is off the charts. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I think it's really important because what happens is uh, my, one of my rabbis used to say, Alice is usud, Alice is mitter. If everything is forbidden, everything is... Right, everyone's going to do everything's, it. No, then, no right. then everything is... If everything is forbidden right. the, and you don't have moderation, then everything becomes okay right. because you can't... It, it, and. and it's the same thing with with um, with children abandoning religion. We have, you know, you say we we have certain boundaries. When we grew up, um, the 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 guardrails, you know, on the two sides of the road were much wider than they are today. Um, there was more tolerance for kids who dressed differently. Right. Kids, and and so what happens is, I always tell people every time you act astringency, whenever you enact astringency, you're telling a certain percentage of the of the people that you're really not welcoming. Right. So you wind up narrowing uh, uh, the, the, the place where we should, instead of opening and being more open, you wind up narrowing it because you're offending people or some people don't find this practice okay. And I think it's really important. You know, I, I, when, I was a, when I was a school principal, um, for example, um, in my yeshiva, there was a dress code. The, the boys wore a right. hat and jacket. I never, ever discussed it with the kids during davening. If someone came without a jacket, I never said a word till after davening. Then I would go over and tell them because, and tell them, yeah, yes, please, you know, don't forget your hat and jacket tomorrow. But I never wanted to make it a, a, a public where the kids would be embarrassed. Or right. But, but more than that, um, if sometimes like Mincha would start and I was busy in a meeting and I was in shirt sleeves, I would come into shul and daven in my shirt sleeves. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit in my place up front near the near the Torah, right. I would stand in the back because I wasn't dressed properly. But I wanted to give the kids a message that if you're not wearing a hat and jacket, don't miss davening. Right. That's what I mean. That's what happens. Right. When you say everybody has to wear a hat and jacket, it's great. I did it in my own yeshiva. But when you say this is the only way to daven, what you're saying is that if you're not dressed like this, which is only a custom. You could say perhaps it's a halacha, right. depending on how you look at but it. But nonetheless, even but even you're so, davening. right? Even so, you have no people, hat. You have to daven. How many people miss davening because they don't feel that they're going to be comfortable in shul? So I wanted to give my kids a message that don't miss davening. Okay, do something differently. I didn't sit up front, but that was my way of of, of being mechanach of, of educating our children that they are, that is a priorities. I think this this business with women pictures is just a microcosm. It's just a. Right. Uh, a microcosm of this notion of just piling on additional stringencies that never existed, that aren't rabbinic. Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz is here. Now you have, and I know we're bouncing from topic to topic, but there's a lot I want to cover. You've been involved, and I'm, I am mentioning this and concentrating on it because there's an actual book, different versions of the same book available to help parents and children on this issue. You've been involved over the years with some high profile, and knowing you probably some low profile as well, cases of abuse in our community. Literally, you've taken on uh, or have been there to support, uh, taken on meaning the perpetrators and, and, and been there to support meaning the victims yep. in some very high profile and I would say dangerous 
uh, dangerous for you, uh, cases of abuse in the community. Yep. And, and I'm very proud of it. And first of all, how do you get involved in that? Do you, do you read a newspaper one day or see a blog post and say, oh, my God, this young woman needs someone in our community to help her You know, in this situation against this monster? I got to go out there and, and, and be that person. Is that how it works? Uh, well, you know, um, every, every situation is different. I mean, obviously, I assume the one you're referring to is Nehemiah Weber, right. which was, you know, I felt at Probably the time. Probably the most high-profile one you were the, involved in. I felt at the time, when it first came to me, I felt that it would be the most important child abuse case in my lifetime because you had a, a young lady within the statute of limitations um, willing to come forward and testify against a very high-profile person. With a lot of support. With a lot, huh, a lot of support. <laughs> and, and I felt that it was a teachable moment. I wrote about probably 15, 20 articles during that time right. because everybody's attention was focused on it. But how'd you meet her? How did you? So I, I, just for example, in that case, I was called by the DA's office. And they asked if I would if I would help, without specifics, would I support this victim who came forward? Um, I did a lot of diligence before I got involved. I actually spoke to I I asked the the, the ADA that I spoke to. I said, do you do you per you, I assume if this girl is coming forward, I'm sure there are many other victims. Have you personally spoken to others? So she said, yes, many. But they so won't come forward. I said, give them my number. And I'm not getting involved until I speak to a few victims. I spoke to four victims before I, before I even, before Vic I, victims of this same person. Victims of the Chemiyev. Yep. And I, I, um, they all told me they, none of them knew each other. It was all it was confidential. I, I didn't ask for their names, but you know you could hear. And, right. and they they discussed certain things. I wrote that in a piece too. Um, they discussed certain um, elements of the way he groomed them and the things that he said that were chillingly similar, like he had an MO that, that, uh, that he did. I mean, uh, I don't know, get nauseating. One of the things that, that I probably, you know, he used to tell them that they were married in a previous Gilgal reincarnation. And convince them of that. I swear to you. And then he would, then he would wow. say, and then that was a way for him to have relations with them. Right. And then he said that they were fixing whatever. So like, you don't hear that. So like, I, I did my diligence very, very carefully. I, I put 30 years of my reputation on the line. And your life, mo most likely, well, we right? Well, death threats, yes. It was right, very, there were very, people very that nasty. wanted to actually kill you. Well, yeah, whatever. I asked my wife separately and each of my children before I, took the, before I got involved, if I could do this. I knew... The height of this case is how many years ago? Uh, it, was it was 2012. Not that long ago. 2012. Oh. And, and, Where and, is he now? He's in jail. He's not eligible for parole. And without your involvement, would he have gone to jail? You don't know. I don't know. I, I know that. Look, the 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 D. I, I actually I I did some things to support the victim. Um, I actually never met her until the trial. I just expressed my my support publicly um, that at least I, her story was credible. I did not make a decision to go public until the fundraiser. If you look at the timeline, right. I went public with when my people, support. When you needed money, they to did a fundraiser. They raised half a million dollars from for Weberman's defense fund. Yeah, Twelve hundred people showed up. It was covered all over the media, and I said at that point, I said, just just reiterating to the audience, it was a fundraiser for the perpetrator, not the victim. For the perpetrator, right? A moment ago, I thought it was for the victim. It's, I'm sorry, it's for the perpetrator. This was the Weberman fundraiser. Thank you. Right, it was a Weberman fundraiser. When 12, that happened, and half a million was 1, raised. Twelve hundred people attended. 
1,200 people attended the event. And look, he's entitled to people right. entitled to you know right. he, he he's he look innocent until proven guilty. I, I I certainly didn't say he's guilty. Right. You know, I felt in my heart he was guilty because of what I had heard from these other victims. Um, I also, by the way, spoke to six therapists, six separate therapists who treat people in that community, and I asked them, and everyone said, "Oh my God!" Like I said, no confidentiality. Don't break any confidentiality. Right. So, like, I did my diligence, but he's entitled to a presumption of innocence, and he's entitled to have a fundraiser. I felt that the public nature of that fundraiser was a statement that the posse, we're all here, and, you know. Right, come get us. So, so it, was also, it was also, you know, the fact that I, one of the heartbreaking things about this is that, is that very often the children who are abused act out antisocially, whether religiously or you know, starting to, God forbid, use substance abusing. So then the abusers turn around and say, you're going to believe that dopey? Right. You're going to believe this young lady who's not uh, keeping Shabbat anymore or is dressed this way over him? And I say to myself, well, if you have a 15-year-old kid who's doing X, Y, and Z already, that leads me to believe that she was abused, not, right. not abused. So, you know, really, this was a, it was a gut check for me, but I felt that, you know... Because how, I was there, I just felt it. I felt obligated. How are these victims today? His victim, the one, that one, I have. We haven't spoken to any of the others. She's doing amazingly well. She got a degree in social work. She's actually helping kids now. I'm gonna. That's amazing. You're getting very emotional. Yep. But that, that's amazing. Um, she's actually, she's actually working for an organization that supports teens at risk now. Unbelievable. And by by the way, the. the most ironic thing was I spoke to her employer, and she's the most soft-spoken. She's like, you would, if you lined up 50 people, she'd be the last person you think would have the guts to do this. Right. She just, I asked her why she's doing this, and she's very she's so soft-spoken. Um, she said, I don't want this to happen to anybody else. Wow. She's saving lives. She just said that. And, you know, somebody came over. One of the most moving moments for me uh, during that whole unbelievable experience I could write four books about it. Um, a, a woman, a, a woman came. She was on the stand, and there was like a break in the action. She went to a room there, and I was there with her husband. Um, and this young lady came in, and five, eight, ten years older than than the victim, and she asked her for forgiveness for not coming forward. For not coming forward, <laughs> I, I I I can't begin. I we I ran out of the room. She said, "Please be mochumly. Please forgive me. If I if I would have come forward, I would have you done wouldn't be what here. You did. Right. It wouldn't have happened to you. And you know you can't make this stuff up. But you know sometimes you just you know you have an opinion, you have a thought, and from time to time you have a real gut check when uh, when the rubber meets the road. Was and, it this episode that led to the child safety books? No, we actually we were uh, we were working on it beforehand. I went to Rabbi Zlatowitz a long time ago, and this was specifically for parents and children to have a book that they could uh, that they could um, right. pursue this, this together. This is a preventative book. It, it is. It's right. a book. It's called Let's Stay Safe. You know, you can look it up, or you can get it online. That's available in any any Judaica store in the world. Basically, it's an Art Scroll book, and, and we purposely did a partnership with Art Scroll because um, you wanted it everywhere. We wanted it everywhere. You know, it was a financial decision that worked against our interests very much. I gave them a finished manuscript. 
Um, but we had a board, we had a, a two-hour board talk whether we should do it. And, and you know, my trustee, Mark, Mark Karasik, who, who's been, a, a, Mark and Linda have been amazingly supportive uh, funding our work in child, child safety. The name is on the book. Um, he, said, he said at one point in the conversation that ended the conversation, he said, look, we, we can either get um, 100% of the content, meaning I'll put in everything I want, I won't edit it or anything, to, to 50% of the people, or we'll get 80% of the content to 100%, 100% of the people. And, and that one, I said, okay, we're done. And Rabbi Mayer, I, 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 I'm still grateful to him. It was a gutsy move on his part. It was, it was a long time, it was nine years ago. Right. We had the first conversation different 11 atmosphere. years ago. Different atmosphere. And, and he, you know, you talk about having the guts to put a woman's picture in the paper. Could you imagine? I mean, what he, he was expecting of all out of salt. You know, um, for, for I mean, the, you look at the book. There, it's only it's the most appropriate thing in the world. But but but, that, but many people I'm sure would have problems with it. <laughs> you know something? Honestly, I didn't think a lot of it had to do with the fact that that Rabbi Zlatowitz and Art Scroll and Rabbi Sherman stood behind it. But um, we never got pushback ever. Any of the book. I I have uh, we sold three thousand of books to Satma community in Kiryasi in Monroe. I did workshops in New Square. That book is in what, in Yiddish? The Yiddish book that I showed you is in, we, it was, uh, we go offline, I'll show you a picture of the Satma Manal, the, the principal reading the book to 350 kids. Um, one of my trustees has it in his office. Plus so, in Israel, you said this is now Israel, we got, finally getting around. Yeah, you you we, said it's not as fast as here, but it's getting there. Well, it's not, not as fast. Change is happening faster there, but the, you know, the they were considerably years behind where we right. were in this curve. And, you know, things tipped here. And, like, I think the Weberman trial had a lot. About that time, it's, things just started to tip. Look, um, the, the fellow who's suing me, Jonah Weinberg, the, the abuser, uh, he went to trial. He had 200 supporters in, in the courtroom every single day. It was 2009. It's not so long ago, That's I was in your... Studio before then. <laughs> in 2009, Yona Weinberg had 200 people every day in, 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 in court. I spoke to the mother of the victim. She had five, six people in her corner. He had 90 letters of support. He had 90 letters of support from very prominent people. Uh, and this was only 10, 10 years ago, Nachum. And then all of a sudden it tipped, and none of those, I don't think, I, I don't think a single one of those 90 would do it today. They're all embarrassed. But... Um, but whatever, you know, we, we changed here. And then, like, when I started getting aware of what was going on in Israel, it was like deja vu all over again. Like, I moved back to 2008. Right. We've made enormous progress. I mean, the Rabbanim, I was begged by Rabbanim. I met with a major Hasidic Rebbe three weeks ago. In, in Israel. In Israel. I met with the Rebbe personally. A major, major Hasidic Rebbe. I showed him the book. He absolutely loved it. He took $200 out of his pocket. And he said, I want to be your partner. Huh. Honest to goodness. And, and we're, we're negotiating. We're talking still. You know, he might, hopefully he's, I asked him to, to get a book for every one of his families. Right. Now, Rebison Kolodetsky, Reb Chaim's daughter, gave us a letter of support. She asked me when, when we first, after she gave me the letter of support for the Haredi Hebrew book, um, she asked me, she'll give it to me on the condition that I bring her the first 10 books for Reb Chaim's children, grandchildren. And, She's actually giving out free copies. I gave her as one of my chutzpah, <laughs> gutsy <laughs> things to do. I said, I, she's such a fan of the book. I said, Drevison, I'll drop off 500 books here, and you give pe- people come to you for blessings. Right. Give them a free book. Right. And she said, Dadah. 
So we have a sticker. Could you imagine what that's going to do for the culture on the Haredi book? It's a, I'll show you a picture. This a gift a, of? A sticker, Matana, <laughs> is a gift from Rebetzin Kolodetsky to help keep Jewish children safe. So, you know, I, I just think creatively in every way. Um, I think that's a real message. Things are really changing. There's a lot that needs to change still, but... But things are really changing. Yeah. Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz is here. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, at com on the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. We're talking about child safety. The book is available. We should reiterate let's that people— Let's stay safe. They can let's get, stay our safe. Our website is thebrightbeginningsplural.com, T-H-E-B-R-I-G-H-T, beginnings, with an S at the end, dot com. They can get it on our book. They can get it at Art School. They can get it— um, it's actually on Amazon, you know, that, that book. And then we have in Yiddish, uh, it's available in lots and lots of bookstores. And in Israel, but we're selling it subsidized. If any of your listeners from Israel, it's subsidized in all your Fein stores and other stores. We're selling it for 15 shekel. I raised money. 15 shekel is about four bucks. Right. I, $3, whatever. We raised, I raised money. I still raise money to give to subsidize the books. So and we should mention that for Israel, you have both a Haredi edition and a Datilu Mi edition. Right. So the pictures are culturally congruent. Right. The, the important thing for us educationally is that the children should look at it and feel that, it, that it's relevant to their lives. Unbelievable. And the case, and we'll move on to other topics in a minute, the case you're involved with now uh, that you just wrote about this week uh, is demanding the extradition of, what is this woman's Malka name? Leifer. Okay, and that's because she is an abuser. Uh, an alleged abuser. She's an alleged abuser. She's an alleged what abuser. you're asking for is that she be tried in the appropriate place or not in Israel? In, in, in Australia. In Australia. We're, the, the, we're, well, well, she, 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 uh, um, she's, she's accused, she has 74 counts of child abuse uh, registered against her in Australia. I think 10 years ago or so, she scooted out to Israel. And that's the same thing that Weinberg did, the same thing that Mandrowitz did. That, 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 and they're both still there. They're both still there, right. sure, sure. And, and um, what, what happens is the, the, the Chok HaShvut, this beautiful law of return, is you, which, which was founded. I mean, the backstory is uh, Israel made this Chok HaShvut, law of return. So after World War II, that every Jew has a home. And right. it's the most beautiful thing in the world. The problem is abusers abuse it. <laughs> Um, I started an article today about this whole Leifer thing, and I, 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 introduced, I introduced it by saying about the story of this rabbi has a sermon, and he woke, woke up the audience. He's doing a Shabbos HaGadol Drasha before Passover, and he wants to raise money for funds for needy families who can't afford the Passover staples. So he says, uh, you know, folks, there's a time and a place where people should totally abandon their belief in God. <laughs> Everybody looks up, and he says, when there's a campaign to raise money, don't stay the Abish to tell from that God's going to help. <laughs> That's how I started the article. And, and I just uh, wrote it on the way here in the car. Uh, someone else was driving. And, 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 and um, you know, I wrote there that we should suspend this charitable thing, um, belief in, believe right. in people, you know, all these wonderful, wonderful things. Right. The, that, ba- the basic Jewish principle and of... And Pidyan Shvuyim. Right. Uh, the, the, believe it or not, there were ads running in Israel now, uh, Pidyan Shvuyim in Hebrew, you know, of course means... Uh, so, uh, work for the release of prisoners. Release of prisoners, which right. in, 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 you know... Generally for those who are... Who in Jewish history have been innocent, have been have and, been wrongly imprisoned, parts, right. wrongly imprisoned, and also prison was a death sentence. Right. It wasn't like and Pidish Shevi really means captive, not in a formal prison where right. some warlord grabs you, puts a, put somebody in a you know in a, in a cage somewhere, and and 
So so we consider it the highest uh, level of charity. Right. Now they're saying, get Malkalifer out of prison. It's Pidgin Shvoyim. Right. That's what really got me worked up to write, to write this Is piece. she in fact in prison right now? Um, there was a whole thing. What happened was she, she went to many hearings again and again and again, and she... Um, she would get these letters from doctors that she's not normal, that she's not able to to, to stand. Right. No, no, she's not only to be extradited; she can't even function at the hearing. Uh-huh. And um, what happened is actually, uh, I mean, you, you, so they're actually considering extradition. Yeah, sure. I mean, now now there's been discussion, but the, the, there are these three sisters from Australia who've been schlepping to Israel for the hearings. And I can't even imagine. I have this nonsense. This guy is suing me. It's, you know, Weinberg, it's not going to change my life. I mean, these are victims. They go into court and they watch this woman who abused them shuffle in and say, you know, she's not capable of of, of uh, standing trial or whatever it is. And they keep pushing it off for years. You should just read it. Read the, it's it's unbelievable. And and um, what, what JCW... Um, hired a detective to film her and they filmed her walking around the neighborhood there totally and, normal person and she went well you know what i mean there was actually I, I can't testify to this but i mean i do a reports in the paper that she was actually tutoring kids already in in she's in betari lit i one of my one of my facebook posts yesterday um i wrote a post there that the people for people who think that it's a mitzvah to take in you know malka leifer or whatever it is would you uh, I, I didn't write her name i wrote any abuser for right. you, oh like i wrote like malka leifer if if you think it's it's a wonderful uh, positive That's commandment it. to do this great take him into your home would you put them in with your home or your grandchildren or it's only okay when you're risking other people's lives that's what i wrote there just simple if if, if you believe that it's charitable to 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 get this woman out of prison and put her somewhere, are you willing to take her in your house? And if you're not, how dare you support the fact that she should go out and molest other people's children? Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz is here. Yeshiva Darchinom is, is still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stepped down a few, a few. We actually merged with uh, Rabbi Radinsky's uh, Ruvain. Oh, he's my, amazing. My, my dear, Radinsky. dear friend. Yep, yep. See, he's, he's, he's a... How do I say? Yes, yes. He's a he, he's a rabbinic leader who seems to. Well, you could see he and I getting along. Right. Who seems to be very <laughs> well thought out. Yeah, yeah. He's a tremendous Talmud Chacham, and um, but nonetheless has yeah, sometimes absolutely. today when you say Talmud Chacham, you're right. not sure. <clears throat> so when I saw actually when I saw this situation in Israel, um, I went uh, about four or five years ago, and I was aghast. I, I felt like I, I was back in America in 2005. 2000 when nobody wanted to hear anything and I you know another tough decision you know I decided that plus my desire to do the Gemara books I decided to step down from the yeshiva like over a period gradually over a period of a year and um, so I stepped down a few years ago to concentrate on child safety and this new generation of Gemara materials and why did we need a new generation of Gemara materials you want the elevator pitch? Yes, because, <laughs> because we're running out of time, but okay. we have to cover it. Gemara is a tort law class in a foreign language with no punctuation. Okay? As we expect fourth graders to get it. Exactly. Whatever, fifth, sixth, right. whatever it is. Uh, that's really what it is. It's really, really, why are you smiling? Because it's like preparing for the LSATs, and you wouldn't do that to a fifth grader. It, it, it wouldn't do it to an adult. Wouldn't do it to an adult. Right? If you look at the Balchuva yeshivas, the yeshivas for newly observant people, you see a lot of these Balchuva people who embraced religion in the twenties or thirties. A lot of them are learning Gemara beautifully. Right. One of the things that I tell when 
when evaluating Balchuv Yeshivas, I asked them, how do you teach Gemara? And some of them say, well, we get them a chavrusa, we get them a study partner. But the big ones are Sameach and Eish. They have a six-month program that looks like my book uh-huh. without the materials. I'm actually, we're, we're trying to get a pub, I'm working on getting it published for adults without the graph, without the, the children's graphics. But they take the children, they take these adults, they're bright people, and you just sit down with them and say, okay, here's how Gemara works. Gemara is a discussion. Um, it goes through the following steps. There's a statement, there's a, a question, a, a request for information, Shayla's Birr. There's an answer, there's a proof, there's a refutation of the proof. There's a, there's a, and have them explain how the steps work, who these people are, why it's important. Um, all the things that you need to, to know in order to learn Gemara. And I got this, you know, the, the passion to make these books. Part of it was my own experience as a student. I, I, I Honestly, I'm not being modest and I'm not proud of it. I, I really didn't learn a word till I was like 16. Um, I'm, you see how restless I am now. Could you imagine me? <laughs> Would you want it to be? You want it to be eighth grade, Revy? So I'm saying, so, so you know, the school was a big struggle for me, and I would have benefited enormously from these videos. People say, oh, oh yeah, I wish I would have had this when I was a kid. Oh, where were you when I was a kid? I say, where was I when I was a kid? Right. <laughs> no, so, so, and, that, and then also I taught a, a, a remedial track of Gemara for 15 years, and my students came to me, um, some of whom you know well from the public, uh, from the entertainment industry, um, uh, these great kids, talented. Maya Fertig is my first student, my first year. He's a great kid. Look how spunky he is, how brilliant and amazing man. Yeah, so like, you know, the kids, they, they, they just came in. They were bewildered that they never got Gemara. Like, why can't I get this? I can get everything else. They weren't taught. They just, the, these pieces of information. So if the introduction to Gemara is, <laughs> how do you expect the kids to, to? So some people do, some people right. don't. So we made this program with the basically the background information to begin with. That there's a green pages. We have a pre-Gemara section that's by far you know it's the most popular. And then we actually have the the lessons broken down, the components with translation words and 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 all the graphics and and the visual aids that kids need. Um, so thank God we're in over a hundred schools. We sold six thousand copies of that. First Brachas book without and, without even taking a single ad. I and you mentioned that Rabbi Aaron Spivak is a big force yes, behind this. Yes, he's the, he's he is he's it. He's the author. And um, who who should be looking? Well, you said a hundred schools, right? Yep. So, but there are a lot of other schools, right? Yep. I mean, they, they, how, how would people go back? So they can they can just go to thebrightbeginnings.com. They could look up your Google search Yaakov Horowitz beginner Gemara. Might be easier for people. We have a lot of videos that are free on YouTube that that uh, that help people. I actually, if anybody's interested, if you've never gotten Gemara, if you're in yeshiva for 15 years and you never got Gemara, or if you're a, a woman, <laughs> a single mom trying to do Gemara homework with your kids, I there's a go do his Google search on YouTube. It's a YouTube video. It's called uh, Ground Floor to Art Scroll in an Hour. I designed a class for people who never opened the Gemara or Mishnais in their life. I did a 55-minute class. I did it for <laughs> Sister to Sister, which is an d- organization for divorced mothers. Wow. Um, it's free. It's on YouTube. Nachum, find someone who doesn't know Gemara. Give them the video. I, I, no guarantees in life. I can almost, I could almost tell you that they'll, there's a very decent chance that they'll be able to pick up an Oscar Gemara and learn on their own after, after just understanding the basics. You're pretty amazing, I must say. TheBrightBeginnings.com. TheBrightBeginnings.com would be the uh, uh, easiest way, I guess. Right, or oh, just Google search. Yeah, uh, Yaakov Horowitz, uh, Beginner Gemara, 
uh, Bright Beginnings, you know, Talmud. Really easy these days, huh? Yeah, it's a lot easier. To find all this stuff. Yeah, yes, it is. Pretty amazing. Uh, and if you're uh, one of the schools that's not part of the 100 schools that already has the introductory Gemara books, you may want to look into that very seriously. Plus, if you're a family that doesn't have the child safety books yet, or, again, a community or yep. a leader of a group, whether it be a class, a principal, et cetera, and you don't think that this book has made inroads in your circle, in your get school, in. et cetera, get yeah. it in there as soon as possible. Again, you can contact Rabbi Horowitz on that one. And um, in terms of everything else that you continue to advocate for and fight for, uh, all I could say is kolakavod. Thank you, Nachum. It's, it's an honor to be here. It's are a pleasure. You, we got to do this more often. I agree with that. Are you rooting for the Yeshiva University basketball team tomorrow? And the reason I'm asking you that question yes. is because I find that you are one of those people that understands the value of representing the Jewish people well, no matter what the arena is, excuse the pun. And Absolutely. when guys get on the court with yarmulkes and act like mention and get a reputation Absolutely. that they have, which is not just great ball players, but the the type of people you want to hang out with and yep. you want your kids to hang Absolutely. out with. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar, but they are that they, they are they are they are mockbid on having divrei Torah in the locker room before oh, the that's game. That's amazing. I'd love to go. Tell me when, when's the game? Twelve <laughs> noon tomorrow. Do I save you a seat or not? And uh, Washington no, I'm, Heights. I'm actually going to be on my way to. Uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm lecturing in the in in Cherry Hill. Can I at least text you with the results? Absolutely. <laughs> I just want to tell you something. Is, sure. is it really, I know. I know we pressed the time, but um, athletics are so important. Kids learn right. so much from. Me. I think it's so unfortunate that that there aren't enough organized sports for the kids. You know, there's a craft stadium in Jerusalem. Sure. And our son-in-law was playing in a flag football team. He's a you know you kind of guy. He's a, he's a football <laughs> he's player. A football player. <laughs> David Mayalova's name is. He's in. He's in. They live in Baltimore with our daughter Feggy. And um, I, I, we were in a hotel, and and uh, there was a there was a playoff game that night. We were in a hotel for Shabbos. So I said, we're going to the game tonight. So one of the guys says, oh, he says, you know. Like, well, when we were in Yishalayim, uh, we sat and learned. Nobody right. had time for this you stuff. I game. said, yeah. I said, come to me tonight to Kikar Tzion. I'll show you what they're dealing crack in the right. street. I said, you know, it's, it's, when parents say, should I let my child do this, that my standard answer is you didn't finish the sentence. If I don't do the, if I say no, then what are, what the are they going to do? Right. And, and about sports, by the way. I used to use sports and that's All the years I was teaching, I never went to class without reading the sports section that day. Because I, I knew that there was going to be something. I, I never went to class. I used to order the Times, and I'd read the sports section before and, the internet. And when we asked my father, who was born in Russia and then lived in Palestine mm-hmm. most of his youth, yep. why he knew baseball, you know, and when we would ask him sure. this when we were kids, he said he knew he had to learn baseball in order to relate to the youth in the United States. Rabbi Scheinberg, Rabbi Chaim Scheinberg, Oliver Shalom, the great tzaddik from Yish- sure. I, I brought my kids, I, I brought my students to him for a bracha. So he walks in, he says, are you a Yankee fan or a Met fan? <laughs> I kid you not. He says, all Met fans go out. <laughs> oh my gosh, is that <laughs> and then funny. He was, he was trash talking with them about the, you know, it was hysterical. But this is why he did it. Kids are, he you kids he are interested in mortgage right. payments. You know, I'm, I'm saying that like, you, you want to talk to kids again. By the way, just just <laughs> they say about Rav Scheinberg. By the way, when he would pass a newspaper in yeah. New York and see the Yankees lost, it, it's a teeth and value. It, it, it would hurt him. Yeah, You know, I just just last thing. You should look it up yourself. I don't know if you saw it. Um, do a, a Google search for Limud football. Okay. Well, will that tell us? There's a there's a. I happen to have stayed in their in their their home in the Vedanil. I was lecturing there. Um, this adorable 16, 17-year-old kid made videos uh, with clips of football games 
um, teaching laws of Shabbos and and laws of carrying because you have to carry right. the public to the private right. domain. I used to do this in my class 35 years ago when I taught um, Elon Bus a knife. There's a tree on the air mikla right. that sticks on the inside. The right. My kids hated. Oh, Rebbe, what do you think Mayo would say for the back of the class? <laughs> oh, another thing we really need in our lives, you know. So. I used to give example. I always had sports examples for stuff. So I used to give an example um, that that if uh, use I, I use exactly what this kid did. He's much better than I am. But if your feet uh, a catch on the sidelines, go by where your feet are, right. where the ball is. Right. But in the end zone, it goes by breaking the plane. Correct. So this kid teaches Hilchas Shabbos. The laws of Shabbat is when you go from public domain to private right. domain. So the the Talmud, the Mishnah, and the Talmud talk about what happens if your hand is in private domain. Right. You stretch out to right. public domain. So he has a Julio Jones on the sideline <laughs> doing an Akira, putting a Hanukkah. I kid you not. I yeah, you love have to it. Look it up. I it's, love it. It's, he got, I, I boosted him all the time. He's got tens of thousands of views. I love it. And he, this kid really knows how to learn. The Hishata and this, this, And then he, this kid's hysterical. So he, says, he, he poses a question like a Gemara head would do. So he says, the sidelines, it goes by your feet. The end zone, it goes by, by your the ball. What happens if you catch the ball in the end zone with your feet out? Oh, my gosh. Is that you have great? to see it. It's hysterical. But that it's just great. the way you want to reach right. kids. Exactly. Robert Horowitz, I thank you. A pleasure. Check him out, everybody. Easy to find him uh, by you can searching. Follow Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Yakov Horowitz. He's everywhere. Rabbi Yakov Horowitz and thebrightbeginnings.com. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning comes from Shlomo Katz. By the way, the re- the rewind of the re excuse me the rewind of the rewind meaning the encore of J.M. Rewind that features Shlomo Katz is going to be on at 4 p.m. Eastern time today here at the Nahum Siegel Network. So make sure to be tuned in. It's a show that if you haven't seen it yet by video or haven't heard it yet uh, through the audio, uh, you certainly should make an effort to uh, to do so. It was really a phenomenal show when he was here. Uh, in the studio last Monday at JM in the AM. Big day here on this Thursday. Eric Ulrich is with us live via telephone. He is a member of the New York City Council representing the 32nd District. His constituency includes Bell Harbor, Breezy Point, Broad Channel, Hamilton Beach, Howard Beach, Lindenwood, Ozone Park, Rockaway Beach, Rockaway Park, South Ozone Park, Woodhaven, a lot of great Queens communities and beyond. And in addition to serving as a New York City councilman, he is, for this audience, he is an extremely popular, but in general, he seems to be a popular uh, candidate for public advocate. Those of you who are not familiar, listen carefully. If you're a New York City resident, the uh, public advocate election, the special election, is this coming Tuesday, February the 26th. And believe you me, we're going to be reminding you about it. I believe the only Republican candidate... Of all the, I don't know, 10, 12, 30, I don't know exactly how many are running, of all the candidates who are running is Eric Oldrich, who's with us live via telephone. Uh, Councilman, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. The pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me. Am I right that you, in fact, are the only member of the Republican Party among all the people who want to be public advocate of New York? Well, you know, there's actually one other, but I'm the only candidate out of the 17 with common sense. (laughs) <laughs> Which is why we're running on the common sense line. <laughs> That's actually a line that we're in tremendous need of in New York City. I'm sure you're familiar with that. <laughs> it's definitely uh, in short uh, in high demand. There are so many things that have happened recently here in New York. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll start with uh, um, uh, some of the uh, decisions that have been made that certainly affect New York City. What did you think? of the Amazon decision to not go forward with what most people think, uh, well, which what with what many people thought would be a tremendous boon for New York City. I, I supported Amazon from day one. I'm the only one in this race who supported 25,000 good-paying jobs coming to Queens and, you know, coming to New York City. Uh, all the other candidates basically lined up to bash Amazon from day one, and that's why they chased them out of town. And now... We see Amazon packed up and left. They're not coming back. We're very disappointed, but you really can't blame them. Look at the negative immediate coverage they got. Look at the treatment they received from the elected officials and the other candidates running for public advocate. It really is downright disgraceful. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, There's so many issues that um, are affecting New York City. Housing is obviously one of them, and there are others that uh, the mayor has been the target of in terms of uh, criticism from both the press and uh, and the people. Um, can the role, can, can the position of public advocate, can someone like yourself in that position make a difference in some of the major citywide problems that we now have in New York? Yeah, there's no question, um, Malcolm, that now more than ever, New Yorkers are looking for someone not only to stand up to Mayor de Blasio and to hold him accountable, but, but to shine the light on so many of the problems that you just mentioned, on housing, on transportation, on education, on job uh, creation, economic development. All of these issues the mayor is completely MIA on because he's running for president. He's in Iowa. He's in New Hampshire. 
He wants to be the leader of the so-called progressive movement. He doesn't seem to pay much attention to or give much time and energy to actually fixing city problems and addressing city problems. We need a citywide elected official who's going to focus on these issues and make sure that the mayor is focused on these issues because they're important to New Yorkers and they're not being addressed right now. Eric Ulrich is with us live via telephone, serves as a city councilman in the 32nd Councilmanic District of New York. Uh, what was it like for you, again, with all these candidates out there, what was it like for you to get the endorsement of the New York Daily News? Well, I, I was shocked. Um, I was very grateful to have their endorsement, but you know they're not always very favorable to Republicans. I think today's uh, headline has them uh, going after Trump again. Uh, look, the point is this. It's not about Democrats versus Republicans. It's really about socialist Democrats and, and people who are on the fringe and the far left versus someone like me who has common sense, who believes in capitalism, who believes in free markets, who wants to create jobs, and who wants to be you know, somebody that empowers the voices of average New Yorkers, the forgotten New Yorkers, the people in the outer boroughs in particular, uh, in Brooklyn and Queens and Staten Island and the Bronx who feel ignored and neglected and disrespected by City Hall. You remember the days not so long ago when free market and capitalism helped really grow this city? The free market, uh, absolutely. That and, and the drop in crime and the reduction in the welfare rolls absolutely contributed to the renaissance of New York. And that, that happened under Mayor Giuliani. It continued under the leadership of my friend Mike Bloomberg. But in uh, six years... You know, we've watched it basically go down the tubes under this mayor. This mayor has, has erased all of the progress that we've made uh, with respect to improving standards in our public schools, improving our quality of life. The homelessness population has skyrocketed under this administration. It's now over 60,000. The mayor's answer is just to build more shelters. That's like saying we have a, a spike in crime. Let's build more jails. No, let's reduce crime. Let's reduce the homelessness population. Let's build more affordable housing, especially for senior citizens. These, you know, we know what the solutions are. It's not easy. It's not cheap. But we have to have someone who's willing to stand up and say these things and to call out the mayor because he, nobody's holding him accountable. The media gives him a pass. He's never in town. We've got all these problems. And again, he's running for president. He's, the guy is delusional. And, and, and now that he's term limited, he's unchecked. We need someone to check de Blasio. If people are looking for someone to hold Mayor de Blasio, I'm their guy. If they love Bill de Blasio, they think the city's headed in the right direction and everything is going great, you've got 15 other candidates to choose from on Tuesday. City Councilman Eric Ulrich is running for public advocate this coming Tuesday. We will be reminding this audience aggressively that you have a golden opportunity to go out on Tuesday and make a real difference in this public advocate race. There are going to be very few people voting. Our community can make a very big difference. And by the way, Councilman, I, I, and I, I, I understand you're right, and you are right. It's not a Republican-Democrat issue. I get that. But, but the way we're looking at it as regular common people uh, who like you know, viewing and analyzing the political situation out there, a lot of us are looking at it that you know people who are like-minded are going to be split between a whole group, while those of us who tend to you know be more toward the Republican side have a candidate like you to get behind. And I know that that's not you know, <laughs> you, I know you don't want to concentrate on the disparity between the two parties officially, but I think it's a, a unique opportunity uh, to really, you know, to really be there 
uh, and make a difference at the polls when a lot of people are going to be sp- spreading their votes around, you know, 15 different ways. Well, I think the challenge, though, because it's a nonpartisan special election, is that there are no party labels on the ballot. When people go to vote, knock them, there won't be Democrats, 15 Democrats versus one Republican. We have to run under these fictitious party names. So I'm running on the common sense line. There are other candidates who are running on the fix the MTA line or the jobs and justice line or the, you know, pay people more line. You know, they have all these other names. So when people walk in and say, hey, I want to vote for the Republican, they have to be educated. They have to know who the, who the common sense Republican candidate is. And that's me because they're not going to be able to find me on the Republican line. There are no Republicans and there are no Democrats. And as you pointed out correctly, in such a low turnout election on Tuesday, this Tuesday, February 26th, the Jewish community can absolutely be the kingmaker in this race and play the deciding role. Their votes, coming from the outer boroughs in particular, and also in Manhattan, can really make the difference for a candidate like me because they're going to vote as a block and they're looking for someone with common sense. They're looking for someone to stand up to the mayor. They're looking for someone who's a staunch supporter of Israel. I'm their candidate. I know that. You know that. But we've got to get people out to vote on Tuesday. Well, you did answer my last question, and that was going to be, how do people find you on the ballot? You're not kidding. Look for common sense. They find Eric Ulrich, right? Simple as that. Yes, sir. Yeah, we can't wait. Look, we've got momentum. We're going to win this race. All right, there were a lot of people who said that there was we had no shot early on. We raised the money. We got on the ballot. We're on the top row of the ballot, actually, even though there are 16 names on the ballot here. You're going to be able to see us right there on the top in the middle. We're running on the common sense line, but this is a referendum on the mayor. I think people want to take their city back. They want the issues that are important to New Yorkers to get the attention it deserves. And that's why I'm running to be the public advocate. We're going to empower the voices of the forgotten New Yorkers, and the Jewish community is going to play a very important role in helping us do that. Well, you, that. you impressed me and my family weeks ago when we started looking at this race. You know that we're Manhattan residents. We have a lot of 18-plus uh, in our family, <laughs> so we're paying careful attention to this public advocate race. We wish you the best of luck. I do. I, again, I'm reiterating what you, just, what you just confirmed after I said it, and that is that our community can make a very big difference in this race. It's all happening Tuesday, regular polling hours, special election, no parties, everybody. All you got to know is that the common sense line is the one, the common sense party is the one that Eric Ulrich is representing. And as you heard from his presentation this morning, uh, there's a lot of common sense there. We wish you the best of luck on Tuesday. We are certainly uh, anxiously awaiting this uh, race to end and someone like yourself to be in the public advocate's position very soon. Nakam, thank you, and on to victory. We're going to win on Tuesday. Good luck to you. Eric Ulrich, wonderful city councilman, a common sense person with enough common sense to grab the common sense label. (laughs) Uh, Look for it, everybody. If you're a New York City resident, boy, do we have a chance to make a difference Tuesday. No one's showing up at the polls. We have an opportunity to show up, make a difference, and put a good guy in, uh, in the public advocate seat. Uh, and that would be a great citywide uh, accomplishment, believe you me. Thursday, and we'll remind everybody as we get closer. Thursday, uh, Tuesday rather, twenty sixth of February, regular polling hours, New York City, public advocate, and we will continue to remind you as we get closer, and certainly on Monday and Tuesday of next week. Thursday morning broadcast, we continue with plenty more on this uh, special JM in the AM broadcast with Lipa at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Simcha Liner. That's the uh, first medley off of his Project Relax Israeli edition. Uh, before that, you heard some Lipa here at J.M. in the A.M. 
Israel will take its first step to the moon tonight, late Thursday night, as the lunar spacecraft Bereshit launches from the coast of Cape Canaveral in a mission that, if successful, will place the Jewish state in an exclusive club of nations capable of landing on the lunar surface. Bereshit will be launched at 3.45 a.m. Israel time from Florida aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket, and after detaching from the launcher, will orbit the Earth for two months before landing on the moon around April the 11th. The landing sequence is set to take around 15 minutes, so it should be monitored by a joint group of scientists and engineers from the uh, Israel Space Agency, the Weizmann Institute, and NASA. Once it lands, the probe will conduct various experiments on the moon's surface, testing its magnetism and geology. We hope to have, we hope to have a report from the... Uh, from the launch tomorrow with uh, Jake Novak, who's scheduled to call, and he's covering the report, uh, the uh, launch down there. And as I said, um, there are a million things. On the flight, it says the, they're holding a time capsule of hundreds of files digitized on a disk containing drawings by Israeli children, the Bible, the national anthem, prayers, Israeli songs, a map of Israel, among other cultural items. And I believe that this is the group that we gave a JM and the AM tchotchke to to uh, bring along on the flight. So it's pretty cool. Strauss has developed Astro Food in time for the spacecraft launch. The product called Astro is a nutritional cube made from freeze-dried fruits, vegetables, and grains. This was done just in time for Space IL spacecraft for a sheet to land on the moon. They developed this futuristic new snack that leverages the same technology used by NASA food scientists to make astronaut food. The product is called Astro. Again, it's made from freeze-dried fruits, vegetables, and grains. In a uh, an interview with uh, Strauss Group Chief Innovation Officer Shachar Florence, they said that Astro is part of the company's efforts to gain global advantage through innovation. He said he hopes to have the product on the shelves and virtual shelves of the largest U.S. realtors such as Walmart and Amazon. Pretty cool. Uh, reminder that uh, this coming Sunday is the um, the Chazdei Soul to Soul event. Eighth day, Yishai Lapidot, Eif Simchas, they reunite all together at the uh, Master Theater on Brighton Beach Avenue starting at 7 p.m. In Brooklyn, New York, this coming Sunday. It's Sunday night, 7 p.m. at the Master Theater on Brighton Beach Avenue. Again, it's eighth day. Yishalapidot, Eif Simchas, all together. Tickets available now. Go to jewishtickets.com, jewishtickets.com. 718-604-1234, 718-604-1234. Reminder, tomorrow at 12 noon, the Skyline Conference semifinal. Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees. The Skyline Conference semifinal at 12 noon up in Washington Heights at the Max Stern Athletic Center. 12 noon tomorrow, Friday, Max Stern Athletic Center for the big game. Skyline Conference semifinal. They'll play the winner of Mount St. Mary Old Westbury, which is happening at 1 o'clock today. They'll play the winner of that game tomorrow at 12 noon. Skyline Conference semifinal up at the Max Stern Athletic Center tomorrow at 12. I hope everybody has a chance to come on out on a uh, Friday and um, support the Yeshiva University Maccabees. In addition, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Quarter before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM. With a reminder, we have a full schedule today, Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari right after JM in the AM. 
Spin Class with Michael Fragan at 9.30. 10 o'clock, Rejuvenate the City Speaks with Allison Josephs. 10.30, it'll be That's Life with Rabbi Larry Rothwax joining Miriam L. Wallach. Rabbi Rothwax is spiritual leader of Congregation Beth Aaron in Teaneck. He's a kidney donor and a spokesperson for Renewal. Uh, that'll happen between 10.30 and 11. Live lunch at 11, throwback Thursday at 1. JM Rewind with Shlomo Katz at 4. And then at 7 o'clock tonight, Mark Zamek hosts the Erev Shabbos show brought to you by our friends at Kedem. He has another stellar program prepared for this evening, so make sure to be tuned into the Erev Shabbos show again. That's 7 o'clock tonight, Eastern time, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up on this uh, Thursday broadcast. This is Shlomi Daskal. Nice. 
Ruach, 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 Ruach,
Avram Freed wrapping it up. Baruch Levine before that with Ushaf Mayim. Vayihi was done by Shlemi Daskal. Thursday morning at JM in the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Thursday for us here at JM and the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty more tomorrow. You know what Friday's like. Malcolm Holmline will join us for a weekly update and plenty more. Make sure to be tuned in. Live lunch. We'll speak to you then starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Charlie Harari's next. And Michael Fragan in spin class. Allison Josephson, Jew in the City. Miriam Alwalek at 1030 on That's Life. With her by Larry Rothwack, spiritual leader of congregation. Beth Aaron and Teaneck, kidney donor and spokesperson for renewal. It's all coming up between now and 11 a.m. Have a fabulous Thursday.
Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.